Hello and welcome to Experts in Film. I'm Carver, your amateur cinephile. Um, today I'm really excited. Sundance was a couple weeks ago, but today here at my humble abode, we have a legit Sundance expert. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. I don't think I'm an expert. Oh, I 100% would agree you are an expert, you know, but this is Experts in Film, so obviously yeah, you have to come here and just say, yeah, you know, I'm going to wear this title proudly. So I'm so thankful. By the way, everyone at home, everyone's like, okay, but who it is? Who is it? Her name is Kate Murdoch. Kate, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, uh, so yeah, as you know, my name's Kate, and I'm originally from a small town called Manti, um, but I grew up with films, and that was always my favorite thing. And uh, and then having found out that the Sundance Film Festival was here as a kid, that became like my ultimate goal was to go to that. So. As soon as I was old enough to start going on my own, I just started and never stopped, and I still just love films more than anything. So. Me and you share a common interest. I also am obsessed with film. Um, this year actually was my first year ever going. What made you decide to start going to Sundance? Awesome. Well, uh, like I said, I just always heard about it on the news and everything, and I just wanted to get there. I wanted to go, and uh, and yeah, I, I don't know what... I just it just was a natural decision for me to start going. I don't know. Want That's to see awesome. Those films, want to see people and mingle with people who like the same things as me. That's awesome. That's awesome. So now we talked a little bit about this before the interview. I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, this is good subject matter for you know the podcast actually. But what drives you to go see independent film? Because we talked and you said, yeah, you know, I like all film but why especially independent film do you like to go to well it's it's really important to support independent film first of all because it's very hard for them to get their films out there and get their stories told and also with independent film you're going to get a lot of more different interesting stories because it's not these studios telling a director exactly what they can and can't do they don't have all this control so there's a lot more artistic expression they, there's a lot more creativity, I think, in these films. And, and the people put a lot of work into it, and, and they put it out there, and sometimes you're never going to see it again after Sundance. Sometimes they don't get distributors. You know, it's, it's unfortunate, and it's a real struggle. So I like to be there. I like to see them while I can and, and give as much support as I can. Mm-hmm. Now, for this year, what were some of your standout films that you saw? Um, so I saw Ophelia, uh, Wildlife, and Damsel. I think mm-hmm. my favorite of those was Ophelia. Um, I thought they did a really good job with that. That was uh, Claire McCarthy who directed it, and mm-hmm. Daisy Ridley starred in it, and Naomi Watts as well. And I thought uh, it was a really good take on Hamlet from Ophelia's perspective. Oh, really uh, interesting, because yeah. I had not. There's only like three films this year that I heard of, which was Hereditary, because um, that was just filmed in Utah, and yeah. the people I was hanging out with were like, "Yeah, this is a Utah film." Yeah. And then here at the podcast, we just talked huge segment on Nicolas Cage so we I was like yeah dude like we gotta go see Mandy like we gotta go check that out but I'm kind of glad I didn't because it sounded like a space trip but tell me more about Ophelia like I'm coming from someone who has not heard of it ever tell me a little bit more about it yeah well I was I was super excited when I when it was announced that it was premiering at Sundance because I already had it in my radar because it had been announced that it was Daisy Ridley and I always get excited about female film film directors because that's what I want to be and that's a bit harder for us so um and so it was really cool that Claire McCarthy was out there with a film um, and, and I love Shakespeare, 
And so hearing a different take on it from Ophelia's perspective, everything sounded really good about that. And so I just knew that was going to be my priority at this year's festival. Um, and, and yeah, it ended up, it was not a disappointment at all. It, it really, they did a good job with it. Um, they really, you know, they tried to stay true to Shakespeare's story, but, um, but they did put in some new twists. There's a really big twist at the end that I love. And, um, and they also did some other nods to other Shakespearean works in it, so that was cool. Um, but yeah, cinematography, the score, everything was just beautiful, just had a really magical, you know, fairy tale feel to it. It, it, was, it was really enjoyable. Do you know if that picked up a distributor, or is that just lying low in the water right now? They, oddly enough, they did not pick up a distributor. At really? Yeah. I don't so now know. they're just like, hey, come on, you want to buy this film? Yeah, I don't know what's happening there, <coughs> because I know that it was a hit with the audiences at Sundance. You know, it wasn't a secret that, it, you know, everybody liked it, and everybody was talking positively about it. Mm -hmm. And especially... Uh, this was a year where there weren't as many standouts necessarily. There weren't any that was that like really took Sundance by storm. So I thought for sure it would have a good chance to pick somebody up, but hasn't yet. So we'll see. Yeah, because that's also something that I heard today. Not today, like, but heard as I was reading about Sundance is that usually like Amazon and Netflix are like prouncing, like saying, okay, what films do we want to buy? But this year they were like, eh, yeah. we're good. Like. It you know, was bizarre. I, I don't really, I don't know if it was just the general mediocrity of films this year, but you know, like I said, Ophelia, that's good enough, and you know mm -hmm. that there's going to be an audience for that because there's, it's such a star-studded cast for one. Oh yeah. Because um, we've also got Tom Felton in there, and George McKay, who's really good, and even a little part for Clive Owen. Uh, so my boy Clive yeah. Owen. I'm sorry, I didn't even know he was in there. I was like, what, Clive Owen? That's my boy. Yeah, he's. <laughs> so, so yeah, it was. It that was surprising to me because I thought at least I already know like there's a whole fan base that I'm a part of that was looking forward to that film, and and then also you know there's so many Shakespeare fans and there's so many people that want to hear like retellings of classic stories. So, yeah, that was surprising to me. I don't know why it didn't get picked up. Maybe they just didn't get a deal offered to them that they liked. Maybe they thought they could do better somewhere else, but mm -hmm. yeah, we'll see. And just for the people at home that don't know about like distributors and whatnot, usually what happens is that they'll make a film and they'll get like producers to say, okay, we made this film, but where the film really makes the money is that they say, okay, now we're going to sell this film to someone. We're going to say, hey, you want to buy this film? And distribute will buy it, and then they'll start showing it to everybody. And that's who usually you'll see will be like, okay, here, like check out this film like this person made. And so, out of all of the Sundances that you've been to, though, what are some of your all-time favorite Sundance movies? Mm. There's always usually at least one that sticks out each year. Uh, but for sure, I know, I remember being there for me and Earl and the Dying Girl, uh, which became mm -hmm. a hit afterwards. I, I just remember that one especially for the feeling in the room as we were there watching it. Like, everybody was so pulled into that. And I think because maybe it panders a bit to film fans mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, that was a really good one. That was a good experience. Um, and let me see. I think I went to Captain Fantastic, which stars Viggo Mortensen, who mm -hmm. I'm a massive fan of. Um, and that was a really, that mm -hmm. was a very good film. I, I have that one. I, watch I often. love Captain Fantastic. Oh, that one's on Amazon. If you guys want to watch that at home, by the way, it's definitely, definitely one. Yeah, definitely yeah. one to go view. Yeah, and those that whole cast of kids like nailed it. They're they're so good and so 
beyond talented like yeah i wish i were that talented when i was like four but um oh trust me like (laughs) if i could be there i'd be like man my whole life would be made if i was one of those kids yeah so um so yeah definitely check that one out that one was super good and i think the only other one that i really think of right now of course is stoker which is probably one of the first films i saw at sundance and that was just a neat experience it's it's a very um I don't think I've heard of that film, Stoker. Tell me a little bit about it. Yeah, so it's uh, it's by the director Park Chan Wook. He originally directed the the first Old Boy, not the new remake mm-hmm. that they did. So he has like a little cult following, and uh, it's kind of a very Hitchcockian kind of like thriller horror mm-hmm. film. Um, I know it received a lot of criticism for being like you know people call it too artsy fartsy because they put in a lot of work into the design and cinematography. Mm-hmm. You can tell. Um, but that's why I enjoyed it. Like, it was really fun to watch, you know? I, I still do mm-hmm. watch that one a lot. And that stars Mia Vashikovska. And uh, there's a very uh, interesting relationship between her character and her, uh, the character's uncle, played by Matthew Good. Um, and you start to find out there are some suspicious uh, things happening. And yeah, it's, it's a very slow burn thriller, but it's good. There's more than meets the eye. I, honestly, I'd never heard of it, because like... Mm-hmm. When I think of Sundance films, some of the... In fact, I'll tell you the very first one that I saw. It was, I can't remember if it was last year or the year before. My teacher came up to us. I was taking film history at the time. She says, okay, I got free tickets for you guys for these four movies. What ones do you guys want to go see? And I was like, uh, I'm not sure. And she says, okay, pick between these two. And the two movies she gave to me were This is the Lobster and then This is Swiss Army Man. And I was like... Uh, whatever, like, which one's, like, available on a Tuesday? And she goes, this one. And so I went and saw Swiss Army Man. Nice. And that, still to this day, I mean, <laughs> it got a lot of criticism. Everyone's like, man, this movie's dumb. But I like the, kind of, like, the absurdity. And for the people at home, it's about this guy that's stranded in these woods, and he meets this dead body, and he ends up becoming friends with the dead. It's Paul Dano and Daniel Radcliffe, and they end up becoming, like, buddies because Daniel Radcliffe is a dead guy, but he's like he has a lot of abilities i guess and he just and it's really absurd like beyond absurd but loved 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 it just for like the whole i guess uniqueness of it did you see that one no i shamefully have not seen that yet oh i don't yeah i don't know how i put that on the back burner but um oh no but i've heard so many good things about you know people say that they Mm -hmm. like sobbed during that and which is you know funny when you think Sur- about surprisingly moving like i was yeah. like this is like in the first two minutes of the movie paul dano ends up you like so it turns out daniel radcliffe has like really bad flatulence because he's a body <laughs> and he ends up yeah like yeah. everyone everyone's like yeah i just don't know this i couldn't get past it out of the oh yeah oh yeah like 100 percent. i remember walking out of the theater being like man that was a beautiful movie like for how dumb it was it was like so strangely beautiful and everyone comes out and they're like man that was so dumb like i can't believe i mean like pretty much he's, he rides daniel radcliffe's body like a jet ski pretty much and the guy he uses like his flatulence as the motor and i was just like oh my gosh is this really the movie i'm looking for like i'm i mean like i'm i'm buckled in i'm ready to do this but it was quite the trip and then another movie that it's probably one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time and it premiered at Sundance, and I didn't see it like at Sundance. Obviously, I was like probably like two years old when it came out. But it's Quentin Tarantino's debut of Reservoir Dogs, and Reservoir Dogs I think is probably one of the most superb movies ever made. Like, just like what he does, like he kind of breaks convention conventional storytelling. Like, 
he pretty much starts with the second act and then goes back to the first act and that movie is near and dear to my heart for one of my all-time faves i mean it's not for the faint of heart it's pretty gritty because it's like a quentin tarantino movie it's about these guys that rob a bank and something goes sideways and they find out like one guy's a rat but super just excellent movie um sundance is responsible for helping him get that off the ground because he was really accepted into the so up at the resort in uh up at sundance Mm -hmm. um they have summer labs for film and uh they you know these young filmmakers who are just barely getting started submit their scripts and a few get chosen uh, to come up and work on it and that was quentin tarantino like nobody knew who he was when he was selected for that and he went up and worked on it in the labs and uh and then after that it was out in the festival and yeah that's awesome i did not know that it's actually story, it's so. like you know what you guys like one of the greatest filmmakers of all time that was his roots baby right here in utah yeah. that's awesome though i didn't even know that <laughs> um speaking of though speaking of filmmakers and whatnot before the podcast we were talking that you got to meet a couple of high profile celebrities would you like to talk about some of your favorite encounters up at Sundance which is just another reason to go because you'll see some people yeah yeah you'll definitely see some people definitely if you do go don't expect anything though you know they don't owe you anything so just be respectful and it's just just be thrilled if they do decide to talk to you just be cool guys be cool be cool um (laughs) But, yeah, I think some of my favorites were... Uh, last year, I met Carrie Mulligan, who I adore. She's such a good actress. Um, and she was so kind, uh, so sweet to talk to in person. So that was a thrill for me. I know when I met Daniel Radcliffe, he was also so sweet. Like That is dope. Yeah. <laughs> he was the best. He, he was just so um, cheerful, acts as happy to see you as you are to see him, which is, you know, a stretch considering that. Yeah, seriously. But he does, he just acts so upbeat and he like told us to enjoy the festival and, and was just super nice about it. And so, yeah, that was thrilling. Um, I'm trying to think of some others. Um, I met Dobby Diggs up there. He is not, uh, you know, oh, he actually had a film premiere at Sundance this year, but until now he has not been a filmmaker. He was largely um, famous for his role as uh, Thomas Jefferson and Lafayette in Hamilton, which was Mm. a big musical on Broadway. Um, And then he's mostly a rapper. He raps with a a group called Clipping, but he's mega talented. I I met him last year at Sundance. That's sweet. Yeah, super gracious. So yeah, you can meet all kinds of cool people. I know this year I got to meet uh, Tom Felton and Naomi Watts after Ophelia. Mm-hmm. And they were also super great. So, <laughs> huge yeah. fan of both. Honestly, like almost all the people I've never heard of Davy Diggs, but yeah. last year when Hamilton was at its prime, I mm-hmm. texted my wife, my then girlfriend, now wife. I was like, "You have to listen to Hamilton. It is insane." But, yeah. <laughs> um, speaking of too, last year during ha- uh, Sundance, my wife started a job with me, and she's walking down Salt Lake City because they're like, trying to branch out more into Salt Lake and just not Park City. Mm-hmm. And she turns and she sees John Hamm across the street. And she's like, oh my gosh, that's John Hamm. Oh my gosh. And she starts like <laughs> calling me. He's like, oh my gosh, behind me is John Hamm. He's just right across the street. And then this year, I was volunteering in this like building with the Utah Film Commission. Yeah, and just out walking in front of the window was John Hamm. And like right as that happened, I called my wife. I was like, hey! I just saw John Hamm too. Oh my gosh. Like it was crazy experience. 
and especially like and by the way for the people at home that don't know Carrie Mulligan she was just in The Greatest Showman I believe as oh, the wife or am I thinking no, of someone that was Michelle Williams okay they Michelle Williams they do get mixed up a lot 100% lot. I mix up Carrie Carrie Mulligan is famous for like Far From the Mind Crowd uh, she plays Bachelor Everdeen um, she's also in uh, you know Inside Lewin Davis mm-hmm. uh, oh okay yeah 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 she's married to Marcus Mumford you know uh, okay now I know because I honestly will f- mix up both of those every day of the week. <laughs> yeah. She was in oh crap, what movie was she in that I just barely saw? Carrie. Yeah, Carrie Mulligan. It's gonna. Oh no 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 no! I know exactly what movie I'm thinking of. Have you ever seen the movie Drive with Ryan Gosling? I haven't seen it, but yeah, she's okay. That one when that movie came out, I tried to show it to all my friends. I'm like, this is what movies is all about. Like you guys have to see this, and they're all like. I don't get it, man. I don't get it. I'm like, come on, guys. So bad. I haven't gotten around to that one either. Totally fine. There's so many movies in the world that when people are like, yeah. I haven't seen that movie, I'm just like, it's cool, man. Like, yeah. I'm sure you've seen a bunch that I haven't seen. Um, but what I was about to say, and then Naomi Watts, me and my wife are big Twin Peaks fans, and so she was in the last season of it, and I was like, yeah. Naomi, you're awesome. And she was also in Mulholland Drive with uh, David Lynch too, but... Oh, yeah. So, but what do you think draws people to Sundance? Like, what separates... Because Sundance is probably one of the most prestigious film festivals in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can think of, like, the Cannes Film Festival is probably one of the only ones that rival it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what do you think draws people to Sundance? Like, what is, you know, what brings the mystique behind that Sundance Film Festival? Well, I think, you know, I think Robert Redford has talked about it a lot, and they all chuckle about it, but they chose such an odd way to do this festival. You know, it's up in this tiny ski town in the mountains in the middle of winter, and uh, it's so weird. You wouldn't expect anybody to want to come, but I think that is part of the draw, like, because it is so unique in its experience, you know? You know, you can go to a bunch of different, you know, summery, schmoozy kind of film fests and stuff like that but this is like i don't know somehow it's different to be freezing your butt off up in the mountains with a bunch of people but um but also yeah it was one of the first film festivals the idea behind it was so pure when redford decided to start it he just really wanted to give these independent films a good platform and people really got on board with that um but yeah uh nowadays also i think it is becoming very you know elite i guess it is becoming more just about um the bigger names and just you know people flock just to be around the big people but Mm -hmm. um but yeah i think at the core there's still the same the same feeling the same spirit to it that's good that's cool so what do you think and i think this will probably be i'm just looking how long we probably have a couple questions more but Mm -hmm. what do you think is the key to a good sundance movie oh that's a good one um that's interesting. I, I've never really thought about it that way before. I personally, I look for at least a little bit of humor. I, I feel like all the films that have stuck out to me before have some good humor. Because it's so good to be, you know, with the audience and, and feeling like you're all laughing together, having a good experience. Um, but, you know, also, I think, and again, this is with independent films more often, it's the smaller story that's being told. It's, it's definitely a more intimate intimate kind of film uh that that you're there for so you feel more attached to it and and you feel like you're experiencing it more um so yeah i I think that makes a really good sundance film people can really connect to that i totally i would agree with you like when it comes to movies and i think this is just true across the board this is 
this is Carver's personal opinion coming out right here. <laughs> but I think that the key to a good movie isn't necessarily the grandeur of it. I mean, sure, people sometimes want to be swept away to like this hyper reality world, you know, somewhere that seems like our own, but you know it's fake. Mm-hmm. But I think that what really sticks with people is that no matter what's in the movie it has to have some kind of connective tissue that's be like oh i understand how that person feels you know you have to be able to relate with people like just thinking about the movies that we've talked about today a lot of them you think like oh man like i can almost see humanity in it you know like it's almost like i get what they're coming from and it's almost like it is an intimate story you know like these grand big huge picture movies you know like mm-hmm. like black panther or any marvel movie pretty much yeah. i mean they're good for the spectacle mm-hmm. but what really is what drives the point home to people is like oh man like i understand how that person feels like yeah. for a little bit you guys get to share like you and whoever the actors is like no like we're on the same page of what it means to be like yeah. human and what you know what that feeling is that you're trying to like what what yeah. the story you're trying to say and what theme you're trying to say we understand each other at that moment in time yeah and I think that's like the magic. Personally, for me, I think that's one of the magic of movies, especially Sundance, because yeah. it is so much more intimate. It's like, no, like we're gonna have like a very personal conversation about this. Like it's gonna be up close and personal about what this is all like, what this whole story is about. Yeah, yeah, we want to go and reflect on our own lives there and see something yeah. ourselves on that screen. So. Mm-hmm. Almost tricked to do it too, because I don't think I've ever gone to a movie and be like, tell me about my life. Yeah, you know, like, exactly. show me it. Like, yeah, you're not thinking that when you start out. But yeah. You do, at the end of the day, you want to see something that's going to make you think more deeply. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, we see this, I was thinking about this too, with like Star Wars lately. The directors mm-hmm. they're hiring, they're choosing independent filmmakers. Mm-hmm. You know, directors who got their start, some of them at Sundance. I know Ryan got oh, yeah. his start with a short film at Sundance, mm-hmm. uh, Ryan Johnson. And they're choosing these directors because they want this to be a more intimate story. They want the audience to connect to this more, even though it is still a big spectacle. I think Mm -hmm. it's a pretty good game plan to try to draw more people in. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, because I think that's one of the things that's hard, too, is because without, like, the glitz and glamour of, like, these big studio movies, it's like, yeah, I can, like, give, like a halfway decent story but I can sell it with like oh I can like get huge action sequences but with a Sundance movie I mean like you're not going to get these huge action movies I mean like I'm trying to think of a big action movie that was there the only one I can think of is Reservoir Dogs and there's not even like any big action sequences there's like one two person shootout and I'm like okay whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah. but I mean like you have to rely more on like no we're going to go to like the actual art of the story you know we're going to say we have to sell the audience with saying like no this is pure character this is pure story this is we're going to give you a first second and third act and you're going to really just immerse yourself into it and uh and speaking of star wars too i mean i'm super pumped about some of the changes that they're making like bringing the guys from game of thrones too i was like dang that's awesome and like getting ryan johnson like have you ever seen the movie looper i haven't yet i feel so, so bad I totally fine <laughs> i mean trust me like half the movies you're talking about at sundance i'm like yeah, I think I've heard of that movie. Like, I guess that yeah, that does ring a bell. But Looper was a movie that he did with Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis. And I mean, the dude Ryan Johnson got some talent behind him. Yeah. I'm pumped for what he does with his own trilogy of movies. Um, I'm so excited, and I am going to go and watch all the films that he's done so far. So yeah, Looper's definitely on the list. Oh, I'm super impressed with Ryan. I'm excited. When Looper came out, like, 
my I had a buddy that was super obsessed with the concept of Looper. Like he saw the trailer, he's like, "Dude, I want to go see that movie," and that's all he wanted to talk to me about. And so finally, when I saw it, I was like, "Dang!" Like, like this dude, whoever made this movie, has like some serious talent behind him. And this is also like at the beginning when I was like, "Yeah, I think I really like film." Oh my gosh! But (laughs) if only if I could go back and relive those moments. If only, if only. So. What do you look for? Let's talk about the future then. So you actually host a vlog that's an unreleased vlog. Yeah, this has not actually happened yet officially. I just just had the idea to maybe do a little vlog um, to show people how I navigate Sundance because I get so many questions every year. Everybody, I think that's what people message me about the most Mm -hmm. is like any advice I would have for Sundance, just how to do it, like Mm -hmm. how to get into films, how to do this and that. Um, so I just thought I might make things simple, make a vlog where I show everybody everything that I'm doing and how I'm doing it, um, just to kind of explain. Um, so yeah, I've got all the footage for it. I've started editing it, but my laptop is currently down, so you know how it goes. We will be anxiously <laughs> waiting. When it comes out, you message me and I'll be like, everybody, <laughs> the time is here. We are, we have a liftoff. Yeah. Um, tell us some tips though. Tell us your top three tips for anyone that wants to go to a Sundance Film Festival. Okay, so I think, you know, all of my tips are gonna come from a place of if you are not financially well off, because I don't have all this money to- Ooh, I just felt the spirit right there, like (laughs) someone just testified to me, like this is right up my alley. No, yeah, because Sundance definitely is going to be a better experience if you have a bunch of extra money to spare, because, you know, it's all about ticket packages and tickets. but what I do every year to get tickets is I waitlist. That's my main thing, is you do the e-waitlist. It's on the Sundance app. And basically what happens is about, I think, two hours before a film, uh, you uh, the waitlist opens up and you just tap the screen and get a waitlist number. And then you can show up, I think, about 30 minutes before the film, get your place in line. And then essentially what they're doing is they're going through and seeing if they have any empty seats. If they do, they'll sell tickets for those seats to people in the waitlist line. Um, so that's my biggest tip: uh, is is use the waitlist. It's definitely you know high stakes. You know you, you don't know for sure if you're going to get in or not, but it's definitely cheaper to do because you can buy individual tickets. Uh, they're I think twenty bucks a ticket, um, and and so yeah, uh, that's my favorite method to do. Um, mm-hmm trying to think of some other tips just definitely dress warm i know a lot of people think that sundance is about the fashion um and and in in that sense they don't really come prepared <laughs> and so um but just always you know the puffy coat is you're going to want it like i, I oh yeah and everybody who's there, you know, if you see somebody who's bundled up in a nice puffy coat, you're not going to be thinking that they're making a bad fashion choice. You're just thinking they're really smart and they're warm. And happy. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, definitely dress warm. Get yourself some good boots with some good traction because you're going to need to be running a lot of places. Um, and, and, yeah, I guess also just use the shuttle system as much as you can because you're not going to find parking and the traffic is terrible. Parking? It took, so I live maybe 45 minutes max to Park City. And when I went up there this year, it took me two and a half hours to get there. Just because, I mean, once I got into Park City, it was a nightmare. And then to find parking that was like free, first of all, like I even knew where I was going. I was like, yeah, I just have to go here and then take like, two shuttles. But, oh my gosh, like 
it gets yeah. nutty up there, like real nutty, because it's so small too, and you have like thousands of people trying to storm the streets and. Yep, and the weather is usually bad. That seems mm-hmm. to be a pattern. Um, and so yeah, and there's a bunch of people there who don't know how to drive in snow, so it's just. One hundred percent true. <laughs> it's a, it's a terrible mixture, but yeah, just use the shuttles. You'll get there faster. It seems like you're going really slow, but mm-hmm. definitely they're free. They're there for your use. So. Awesome. And always plan extra time. Sorry, that's like another tip that I got got to add in there, but uh, yeah, because everything moves so slowly and because it's so crowded, uh, it takes a while to get from place to place. So you're mm-hmm. gonna want to have that cushion. You're just always have a lot of extra time planned around things. Mm-hmm. So, last question as we wrap up here, we've been talking for about twenty eight minutes. So you said earlier that I want oh you wanted to be a director. So I'm going to ask you, this is a two-part question. One, what makes you want to become a director? And two, what are the most important, from a director's point of view, what's the most important components to making a good film? Ooh, go for it. It's tricky. Yeah. Okay. I'm, a, I'm a trickster kind of question to ask you. So go for it. Well, um, obviously, you know, what made me want to do it is, of course, my love of film. But also, I just always knew that I wanted to be behind the scenes making films because it looks like just a blast and then when I started making films as a kid that was my favorite thing to do and so um, ultimately why I decided on director though is because I really I love each department so much that I really can't choose you know like for a long time I thought maybe I would just want to be a cinematographer because that's usually my favorite part of a film is the cinematography Um, but yeah I realized I love every part of the process of making a film so Mm -hmm. I thought being a director would probably be the most solid um, place for me to be in because then yeah I could have uh, yeah control over every department I could be Mm -hmm. involved in everything Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't you know I'm still trying to figure out what's the what's the key thing uh, to making good films being a director I think, again, what we were talking about with the Sundance films, with independent films, just maintaining that, um, you know, the good writing, the story at the core of it, really giving that the most attention, I think is important. Because, yeah, you can make movies with a lot of spectacle, and, you know, you can have a lot of stars in your film, but at the end of the day, like, audiences are going to want something they can connect with, and, and you want to tell a story, and you want to get something out there that, that might mean something, so... Yeah, pay attention to the story and the writing. Get that really tight. And then the rest can go from there. Awesome. Now, as we let go, so we've been talking for about half an hour. Last question before we go. Um, I just had a brain fart. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was thinking, oh, no. I didn't know what I was going to ask. I was going to ask a question. I was going to say, I hope you become a director and that we see one of your movies at Sundance because oh, I just agree with what we've been saying. And honestly... This has been a great conversation. Thank you so much for coming and talking about Sundance. I mean, especially if you guys are in Utah, you know, I imagine that most of our listeners are here from Utah. Uh, Go check out the Sundance Film Festival because it's right in your backyard. And it's honestly such a great event to go and just behold, I guess, you know, just to go and say, yeah, you know, I'm going to go experience this. It is something that I think if you're not going or if you're not aware of it, you're taking it for granted. You have to go at least once. Yeah. So I would definitely recommend this next January and a whole year, you know, use this as your guide. We'll probably like replay it or something like that. But, um, but thank you so much for coming. Kate, is there anything else you want to say? 
Uh, no, I just, I completely agree with what you say. Like, if you're in Utah, go to it. People come from all over the world. They spend so much money, and they move their whole lives around just so that mm -hmm. they can come to this. And here it is, so easily accessible to you. Um, so definitely take advantage of that. It's just a shame if you don't. So Perfect. Well, thank you so much. Her name is Kate Murdoch. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. We really appreciate it. This will be airing. And if you guys, you know, leave a comment. Tell us some of your favorite Sundance movies. We'd love to hear back from you guys. Thank you so much for coming on. And we'll see you guys next week.